Could it be? Could it be another podcast? Could it? That's insane. I know. Just the it, thought it, that we could it, be doing another podcast. It, it's mind-blowing. It really is. <laughs> oh, Every my. four months, we just we get the <laughs> urge to get on here and talk about some random shit as if people want to hear it. Uh, well, I tell you, the last one seemed to be doing okay. So. The last one seemed to do not too bad. It was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, fuck it, let's do it again. Okay. What is up, everybody? This is episode number two. Number two. Of either Live Time or No Holds Barred. Or, I think No Holds Barred. I think barred. No Holds Barred it works. sounds almost really good. It really does. Because and we hold no bars. We hold no bars and like we said before North America loves a retarded Asian. It's true. So what's happening everybody? My name is Nick. My name is Justin. Yes, yes. Welcome to No Holds Barred. Episode number two. Ooh. Fucking A. Uh, we got some fun stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, later on in the podcast we are going to regale you with uh, uh, one drunken story each. Um, <laughs> I, I've picked out the, the story of the very first time I ever got drunk, which is fun. And uh, Nick's just going to pull up a good time drunken romp. Just a good time, one of many, you know, all up in here, some of which kind of broke. A little up. hazy. A little hazy. <laughs> a little hazy. Yeah, but um, yeah. It's going to be tough to top the fucking the pub crawl story, but we're going to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, one of the main things we wanted to talk about on this podcast, uh, obviously, if you know either one of us, we're both big pro wrestling fans, and uh, there's something kind of interesting going on in uh, in WWE right now, uh, which is good because the last few weeks, the episodes in the last few weeks have been garbage. Yeah. Like Raw's getting some of its lowest ratings it's ever gotten. Um, they just fired their head writer, who's been on the writing team for ten years. And you can argue that the last 10 years have been some of the worst years in WWE history. Pretty much. I I would love it if they bring back the attitude era. Well, I, I would I would like I would like them to bring back something akin to the attitude. Yeah. Like you'll never you'll never duplicate it because no, the world's different, but it's true. But something akin to it. Um even what they were doing, you know, ever since, you know, CM Punk's big shoot when he came out with the Austin t-shirt and everything. Because mm -hmm. there was a period in time there where Raw was doing really, really well. But they've struggled since the move to three hours. And like I say, the ratings have been low. And Vince is apparently pissed off with some of the people in back. And some mm -hmm. of the people in back are pissed with Vince. And it's a it's a rich tapestry. Um but something really interesting is going on with the actual WWE title picture now. Ooh. Uh, of course, CM Punk, uh, as of today, I believe, has been the WWE champion for 331 days. Sounds right. Which is extremely impressive. Uh, I think it's top five in WWE history or something for longest consecutive title reign. Um, so it's definitely impressive. Uh, and the main storyline now seems to be going with CM Punk. And fucking Ryback. Ryback. Which kind of comes out of left field a little bit. It, it kind of does because I can't see Ryback as being a, uh, a main event type of guy. Yeah, like they've, you know, for those of you that have been watching WWE, um, you know who Ryback is. Ryback has been, uh, used to be Skip Sheffield. He debuted in WWE anyway um, with the Nexus back in 2010. Uh, one of the guys that's actually found success since the Nexus. 
Uh, and he's come back as this Ryback character with his catchphrase of feed me more. Feed me more. And going out and basically squashing jobbers every week. Basically, just comes out, you know, hits him a few times, takes him up on his shoulders, drops him, that's the thing. Which I love that move, by the way. The, his whole, the whole theatric of him picking him up and marching around the ring. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how the whole feed me more thing ties into his actual life. Cause like, I, I remember watching an interview with Al Snow, uh, and Al Snow, it was when, uh, Ryan Reeves, who plays Skip, Skip Sheffield and who plays Ryback, mm-hmm. uh, was on NXT, I think. And it was like, he was like, this guy can't stop eating. Like, this guy eats constantly. Like, gigantic fucking meals, right? So they tied that whole Feed Me More thing into his actual persona of constantly eating, uh, which is kind of cool. But what they've done is, uh, you know, a few weeks back, uh, they sort of teased the whole CM Punk versus Ryback thing. Mm. Uh, I think Punk attacked Mick Foley backstage. And was going to continue the attack until he looked up and he saw Ryback. And there was no fan reaction whatsoever. No. Because uh, they didn't play it on the Titantron. So the fans in the crowd didn't see it. Oh, no? The only ones who saw it was the people on TV. I did not know that. No, so there was no fan reaction to it whatsoever. So they're like, oh, well, crap, we kind of fucked up. Uh, which WWE is akin to doing. (laughs) Uh, And uh, they're like, okay, well, then let's try it again next week. And it got a pretty good fan reaction the next week. So then they sort of did it again the next week. And now we're in a situation where Ryback will be challenging CM Punk for the WWE title in the October pay-per-view Hell in a Cell. Uh, Personally, I like Ryback. I, I know there's a lot of criticism that's been thrown at him about like, oh, he's a Goldberg clone. Because mm. it's basically, I'm just taking my glasses off here because there's no fucking point to wearing them. Um, because, you know, the people said that he's a Goldberg clone and because it's kind of the same thing. It's the, it's yeah. the same Goldberg formula. You know what I mean? It kind of is. Like he comes out, he breathes fire. This was, this was Goldberg. This is the way they, Eric Bischoff famously describes Goldberg in this way. He comes out, he breathes fire, he snorts, he spits, he gets in the ring, he hits you, he hits you again, spear, jackhammer, and he's back in the locker room yeah. five minutes later and people <laughs> love him. And it's kind of the same thing with Ryback. Ryback will come out with... He, he gets a bit of a pop at the beginning because it's just his voice going, the feed me more, and then his theme song hits. Mm. And he does his whole arms up thing, and then the pyro goes off when he throws his arms down. And he walks to the ring, and he... You know what? He's not a great in-ring worker. He's not one of these guys that can be taking arm drags in the second match. No, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he he's a powerhouse. He goes in the ring, much like Batista was when he first started. Yeah, there's a fucking fruit fly or something. They're everywhere. A single one that's just been flying around pissing us off. <laughs> um, but, you know, he goes out. He's he's a high-impact guy, like I say, like Batista was when he like, first started. It's true. He, he throws a clothesline, and he throws a sh- fucking shoulder block, and he throws high-impact move power slams and mm. things like that. High-impact moves. And no, he doesn't have a great move set. But like I said, he doesn't have to be Dean Malenko. That's not his character, no. <laughs> right? Like he's he goes out, he does these high impact moves. Eventually, he looks at the camera and yells, "Finish it!" And then he finishes he it. Finishes it. Whether he's against one guy, two guys, or half the fucking roster. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I like Ryback, and he's getting fan reaction, and that's 
That's the big thing. He's over with the fans. And at the end of the day, in ter- for WWE anyways, in terms of making money and selling pay-per-views and things like that, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's if true. they're over with the fans, to WWE, that's basically all that matters. It's true. I mean, for, for guys like us, I mean, I would... I never really liked the CM Punk heel turn to begin with. And I know that will probably get me a lot of heat. Because I've wanted CM Punk to turn heel. And I've wanted him to be with Paul Heyman. And both of those things have happened, but I'm not happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I understand why people would be frustrated with that. But I don't like the way they've handled Punk's heel turn. They've made CM Punk repetitive. Mm-hmm. Because he goes out every week, and he's just like, I demand respect, but I'm not necessarily going to do as much to get it as I was when I wasn't a heel demanding respect. Right? Like, I mean, he has the he has the whole thing where he gripes about, like, oh, I've been the WWE champion for X number of days, but I'm not in main events. And by main events, he means the last match. You know, like, I haven't been in the last match to go out. Yeah. Uh, When anybody that's a true wrestling fan understands that the main event is the best match on the card. That's the main event. CM Punk has been in main event matches since he won the title, since before he won the title. Because Punk will go out there, he's a Chris Jericho kind of guy, a Shawn Michaels kind of guy. He goes out, he has the best match on the card. He does. He goes... Almost always. 110%. Exactly. So whether it's the second match on the card, or Mm -hmm. whether it's the last match out, his match is the main event. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, again, that's... For someone that's only looking at wrestling at face value, then the arguments that he's making are, are legitimate for a lot of fans. It's like, yeah, he's not in the last match. But anyways, to somebody like me, it don't fucking matter. No. He's in. He's the main event. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, me, I, I kind of like uh, CM Punk's heel turn. Yeah. I mean, he can only do so much with... Uh, with coming out, being straight edge, you know, before. Yeah. It it kind of gives him a little bit more of a character to to build on, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting to watch. At the beginning, I wasn't really for it, but now, right. as the episodes go by, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of grown kind on Kind of grown on you a little more, yeah. right on. As for Ryback, you know, the exact same thing happened. I didn't like him at first, you know, he came out and I didn't like the whole, like, we're going to bring these twiggy, puny yeah. whatnots into the ring. Dudes dudes so, that they look like they just yeah. pulled out of the crowd. Sometimes it's going to be two of them. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, but I mean, like, you got to admit, the first time he lifted two of them up yeah. was kind of cool. Kind of. Yes, they're twiggy, <laughs> but it's still kind of cool because it was two guys. Yeah. And he's still got to balance two guys up there, which yeah. is not easy. But I understand, I understand yeah. what you're saying. But then a- afterwards, after like, so many weeks, you know, seeing him coming out, seeing what he can do, you know, he's a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. And I mean, like, are they trying to duplicate Goldberg? I would say no. I don't think they're trying to duplicate Goldberg. I just think they're taking a guy, they're seeing exactly what his strengths are. Just so happens that his strengths are the same as what Goldberg's strengths were. Mm. 
he again, he's not a caliber of wrestler that can be taking arm drags in the second match. If you would have had, if you go back to WCW and you see Goldberg out there in the second match taking arm drags against Hugh Morris, mm. and no disrespect whatsoever to Hugh Morris because he's Bill DeMott, he's one of the main trainers in WWE, he's a fucking fantastic wrestler. But if he's out there just, just taking arm drags and... You know, being in closely contested matches and things like that. Mm. Goldberg doesn't get over in the same light as he does with going out. There's fucking pyros going off. He looks like he's breathing fire. He kicks you. He clotheslines you. He spears you. And he jackhammers you. And then he gets the fuck out. And he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And it's kind of... Yes. It, look, I'll be the first one to admit. It looks very similar to what they did with Goldberg. I mean, there's no... The comparisons there are obvious. So much so that actually Ryback recently came out on interview. And he finally addressed the whole Goldberg thing. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I love that Goldberg. He actually said, I'm a better wrestler than Goldberg ever was. Which actually is kind of... I kind of liked it. I kind of didn't like it. Like, it's it's not the expected response. No. You would expect someone who's young in the industry to be like... Yeah, I understand where the comparisons are coming from. You know, it's an honor for me to be compared to Goldberg or yeah. whatever. But no, he came flat out and he's like, I'm a better wrestler and a better athlete than Goldberg ever was. <laughs> it's wow. like kind of intense, yeah. but you know. Yeah, it's kind of intense. It's, 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 it was an interesting way to go. But anyways, we have... So now we're at the point where we have Ryback versus CM Punk. We fast forward to Raw last night. And there was the whole contract signing where CM Punk was supposed to come out and show who he had made his choice to Uh, face. Because he had the choice to face either Cena, who's hobbled with his arm injury, or Ryback. So he comes out and he's kind of making a whole spectacle thing out of it. And Vince comes out and says, well, you're wasting my goddamn time. (laughs) So I'm going to make the choice for you. We fast forward to the end of the night. Well, basically, um, we fast forward to a little bit, and Punk is, you know, fuming with him. Yeah, that's yeah, and, that's you know, true. Go tell Vince McMahon that I want to challenge him, and if, right. if I win, then I get to pick my my opponent. Paul Heyman goes to um, to Mister McMahon, you know, tells him what Punk very wants. snivelingly too. Very, is very like, snivelingly. Oh, Mister, if he finds <laughs> some way to beat you, Mister, this is why I fucking um, love Paul Heyman. But go ahead and. uh uh, Vince McMahon was like, sure, we'll have a match, but I want to wrestle Paul Heyman. Yeah. And Paul's like, no, Paul's I didn't like, agree to that. Brock! Brock! <laughs> no, um, Paul, that was, by the way, that is my favorite uh, Paul Heyman sound clip. And for a guy that's had some fucking awesome sound clips in his career, that squawking way, he's just like, Brock, 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 is my favorite sound clip of Paul Heyman ever. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, fast forward to the end of the, the night. The end of the night, and McMahon comes out, Punk and Heyman come out, Cena comes out, and then Ryback comes out. I believe that's the way it happened, which I thought was really interesting that they gave Ryback the last entrance. Mm. But anyways... That's that's little things, but still. Uh, so they come out, and uh, Punk's like, oh, McMahon, you're an egomaniac, and blah, 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 blah. The long and the short of it was, Cena gets on the mic and says, 
I look at Ryback, basically gives a Ryback endorsement, if you will. Uh, it's just like it's just like politics. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's wrestling. It is politics. Um, but Cena comes out and says, you know, I look at Ryback and I see a guy that just wants to kick somebody's ass. And Punk, you're a guy that needs his ass kicked. So Cena starts leading the crowd in the whole feed me more chance. Ryback signs the contract. Ryback fucking face plants Punk on the table, which was super funny. Because they're just, they're standing on opposite sides of the table. Uh, Ryback's looking at Punk. Punk is just jaw jacking the shit at a Ryback. And Ryback's mm-hmm. obviously not saying anything. And then eventually Ryback just grabs the back of Punk's head and <laughs> on the table. And it was awesome. Uh, I, I, I lost it. It was so funny. Um, but yeah, and then Ryback does his uh, his finishing move, which I really liked. Which they te- I think they teased the week before, but Punk got out of it. Yeah. And then this week they actually showed him do it, and it's fucking Punk laid out, and Ryback's like feed me more, and he's gonna get fed at uh, fucking Hell in a Cell, uh, I guess. Um, and the reaction to this has not been very good. No. <laughs> People don't seem to like it. Some people are not Ryback fans. Some people are not Ryback fans. That is absolutely right. Uh, I'm just I'm referring to an article here written by Dave Coulson on uh, the Aftermath blog on thescore.com. Uh, by the way, love the score, love Arda Ocal, Jimmy Corderas, all everybody involved with Aftermath, and um, Renee Paquette, the blonde one. Yes, that's on Aftermath. Got signed by WWE. She's going to yeah. be a fucking backstage broadcaster and shit. Very cool. Best Good news. luck to you, uh, Renee. I can't yes. wait to see how WWE misuses your talents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, um, so we look. I'm just looking at this article. Uh, Hell in a Cell equals Punk versus Ryback, and basically, why should we care? Like that. That's basically what uh, what Coulson's um, point here is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was announced on Raw last night, and much to my dismay, Ryback will be challenging CM Punk for the WWE Championship at Hell in a Cell in 12 days. Even though I wasn't happy about this matchup, at least it was better than the alternative. And that's a good thing to mention. Like, I don't know how invested I would be in another CM Punk versus John Cena match. No. Granted, it's in Hell in a Cell, and Hell in a Cell is traditionally, like, the blow-off match of a feud. You know what I mean? Like, it's... You have these guys that have been feuding for a long time, mm-hmm. and the Hell in a Cell is the last match between the two of them before they both go off and do their own things. Yeah. They did it with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. They did it with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and the Undertaker and Triple H, and all this stuff. They've, they've just... It's, it's traditionally what you end up doing. Uh, going into Raw last night, I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. This is going back to Dave Coulson's article. We were either going to get CM Punk taking on John Cena for what seemed like the thousandth time in the past few months, or we were going to get Punk against Ryback in a match that probably shouldn't be happening in October of 2012. There were pros and cons to each match. If we got Punk-Cena, it'd probably be a good match, but it'd be the fourth straight pay-per-view I've seen it at. With Punk-Ryback, it would be fresh, but I'm skeptical that Ryback can last longer than five minutes in a match. This is something that I actually take I take issue with because you can't say for sure. We haven't seen enough of Ryback. You could have said the same thing about Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, heading into when Goldberg got his title match with Hogan. And everybody was jizzing all over themselves that, hey, it's no holds barred. Um, was jizzing all over themselves that, oh my god, Goldberg finally got a title match. Mm. 
But what what was the average length of time for a Goldberg match at this time? Four minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Entrances included. Like, I mean, so you could have said the same thing about Goldberg. And look at how that turned out. You gave Goldberg a chance. Goldberg went, I think, 15, 16 minutes on television on Nitro with Hulk Hogan, mm. who's considered one of the best performers well, maybe not the best performers, but, you know, he's fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't Hulk Hogan of the 80s, but it was still Hulk Hogan. So he went 15, 16 minutes with Hogan, and then beats him and wins the title, and the crowd goes nuts. I know there was the whole added element of the NWO versus WCW, and there were, there were a lot of different elements in it. This is strictly Punk versus Ryback. Yeah. Right? It's not... Uh, one faction versus the leaders of two factions or anything like that. This is strictly Punk versus Ryback. But I say give him the chance. He hasn't given you any reason to not give him the chance. You know what I mean? Like he mm. hasn't. He's a little injury prone. He's been he's been injured before, so maybe it's a slight injury risk or something. But I mean, most of the fans don't care about that. Mm. I, you know, just say, saying, uh, Dave, that you're skeptical that Ryback can last longer than five minutes in a match, well, you don't really have any evidence to contradict it, it's just that's all that we've seen. Yeah, you don't know, I mean, I, I would have liked to see him, you know, maybe wrestle somebody like Kane. Yeah. Beforehand to know what Ryback could do. To know, yeah, to know more but, of what... Because, yeah. like, we've, we've seen him on pay-per-view, but he's been on pay-per-view squashing jobbers. Like, he yeah. hasn't had really, really had a feud. Hmm. I think he had a feud with fucking Jinder Mahal, maybe, briefly, but that doesn't really like, display anything no. either, because it's fucking Jinder Mahal. <laughs> um, although, what they're doing now with Three Man Band, I actually kind of like. But, still, it's... Was fucking gender Mahal. One on one. So, I mean, it's not really anything. So, no, it's true. It probably would have been better. They're probably fast tracking him. But again, I'm just taking a wait and see sort of approach mm. to it. Um, you know, and uh, Dave sort of goes on to uh, say that. Uh, uh, la la la, I gotta find the right spot. Uh, with. While I understand WWE is more of a television property than MMA, is what he's saying, uh, than using the pay-per-view model, their ratings over the past few weeks have been proof that without John Cena, the audience has dwindled. Now that Cena is not going to be in the main event of Hell in a Cell, I don't expect great numbers from the show. I actually expect the exact opposite of that. I think there's enough people that are questioning, like, what is what is Ryback capable of doing mm. on the big stage? I actually think... The pay-per-view numbers for Hell in a Cell are going to be very good. Yeah, I totally um, agree with you with that. I don't think they're setting up the greatest pay-per-view around it. I know the, some of the complimentary matches to that is uh, Sheamus versus The Big Show might be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Randy Orton versus Alberto Del Rio, I have no interest in seeing whatsoever. <laughs> Not really. Um, but, so I mean, they may, especially if they build a good pay-per-view around it, I think the number is going to do very well, and I think I don't think having Punk versus Ryback is going to be a detriment to the pay per view numbers. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, he says I know Punk is going to win, and I don't think Ryback has a chance in hell at winning, which makes me not want to order the pay per view. Um, you could almost say that about every 
pay-per-view. Um, you know, so I don't know. I think my basic point here is I think Dave's coming down a little hard on the idea of Punk versus Ryback. I might be slightly reserved about it, but I want to see it. So, I mean, mm. it's going to cause me to stream the pay-per-view. I'm not going <laughs> to buy it. What are you, crazy? Uh, <laughs> oops. Ah, I'm in Canada, fuckers. Come get me. <laughs> um, so, I Current mean, address is pretty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, call it my feelings on Ryback really coming. This is Dave again call it my feelings on Ryback really coming out but I have no interest in this match uh, should the unthinkable happen and Ryback actually wins the WWE championship I can only imagine a scenario where Ryback becomes a 2012 version version of Vladimir Kozlov that's cold, that cold. <laughs> that's just cold how are you gonna do a brother like that <laughs> um, anyways uh, you know we just wanted to sort of talk about the whole punk Ryback Cena clearly Cena is still injured yeah, uh, he has to be because if he wasn't, there's no re- there's no reason for him not to be in the match. There's no reason for another Punk Cena, which really wouldn't be worth watching. You know, it, it, like like Dave sort of said, it would be probably be a good match. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about punk and ryback now that we've talked about wwe for 25 minutes uh i guess i guess this podcast will go for an hour again because i I didn't think we'd be getting that deep into it but we did so whatever uh we thought another kind of cool thing to do for this episode of the podcast was um something common a common work experience that we've both shared uh we've both worked at our local call center in town i've Worked at a cup call center. That's that's true. <laughs> but we worked at our local. But we call both center. worked at our local one, which is uh, I always loved to call it uh, Davis and Rezel Watts, um, <laughs> which was the combination of Watts, Resolve, and Davis and Henderson, who have all owned this call center at some point in the last yeah. I don't know fucking five years. Like it hasn't it hasn't been very much. This thing is getting. Uh, Passed around like the prostitute on prom night. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but, you know, we've both worked there. I personally have worked there four times. I don't know. How many times have you been there? Twice? I've been there once. No, just, just the I'm, one time? I've just left. And you've just left, exactly. Surprise, surprise, I've just months. left to work at McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's it, is better yeah. than call centers. <laughs> <laughs> he would rather work in processed meat factory serving sweaty hogs and asking them no dessert today uh, than than work in this fucking call center. Um, Basically, the call center has been the most soul-sucking, joy-raping job I've ever had. And I've had some bad ones. Like, I fucking worked at a wholesale plant. The, uh, the um, one of the wholesale plants down the river, and that was a slightly better job than than fucking working at the call center. I can't think of a job that's worse than that call center. I worked, man. I worked construction, putting up a Canadian tire, and that was better than working <laughs> for the call center. Um, so you know, we've obviously have great uh, stories. Whether it's working with you, work solely with credit card stuff, right? Uh, I, I was both. 
No, I, I was with uh, TD Waterhouse. Oh, you were with TD a little bit. Yeah. So there's going to be some fi- uh, important financial information leaked on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me let me tell you who's broke. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so he were I've worked cell phone upgrades. I've worked uh, technical support, like computer, internet-based technical support. Uh, I've worked credit cards. I've worked other cell phone stuff. It's been, just been fucking annoying from day one. Mm. Um, so obviously, you know, we have some fun stories about the call center that uh, some customer stories, some call stories that uh, I think we would like to share with you. Uh, and I think I'm going to start with uh, a story from the first the fir- very first time I worked there, I think it was summer of 69. No, um, <laughs> it was summer of, I think, 2005 or 2004, one or the other. It was just, I was there for the summer between being in university. And mm-hmm. I was working with Rogers Wireless, doing cell phone upgrades for Rogers. <laughs> that was the sound of me shooting myself <laughs> in the brain. Um I had this one caller. This it was a morning shift. It was like on the west coast. It would have been like six thirty in the morning. So, but for us, it was like nine thirty, ten thirty, something like that. I think it was on a Saturday too, so it was extra pissy. Uh, this woman's name was Veronica Kerr. I don't mind name dropping because I'm sure she doesn't listen to this podcast. She's too busy bitching at someone else on the phone. <laughs> Veronica Kerr. <laughs> Veronica Kerr, for lack of a better term, was a total cunt. Um, she called. She called because she had a Motorola phone, and her Motorola phone wasn't working anymore. So she's like, "I want to get a new phone, but my phone's still under warranty, so I want it for free." Mm-hmm. So I looked in on her account, and I was like, "Well, unfortunately," and I've been there maybe two weeks. So, I mean, I want to be real fucking nice. I'm like two weeks out of training, right? So, I don't want to piss anybody off. Uh, her phone was, I think, six months past warranty. It was it was way past warranty. Like, it was not warrantied anymore. Yeah. So, I was like, well, I'd like to help you out, obviously. Um, but you can't up, you can't get a free one because you're, you're six months past warranty. And she said, no, I'm still under warranty. I have warranty for lifetime or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she was talking like she fucking owned Motorola. Uh, she's like, I just, I have lifetime warranty on it. And I was like, we don't offer lifetime warranty. Um, I don't know who you were talking to, but we don't offer lifetime warranty. So she was like, well, I want, I want a phone for free. I was like, the cheapest phone I can get you will cost you 20 bucks. It's an Ericsson, I think, which it was not a bad phone at the time. I can do that for you for $20, but you have to renew your contract. Mm. She's like, oh, well, okay, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind doing that. So I thought, okay, cool. This call is turning around. It's not going to be too bad. Uh, So we do that. I I get to the point where I actually ship her the, the Ericsson phone over the phone. I put in the shipping order for it. Everything's gravy. We're all happy schoolgirls with shiny new vibrators. <laughs> then she turns around. <laughs> she turns around and she says, uh, well, um, I saw this this accessories package for my Motorola. And I want to get that too, but I want to get that for free. 
And I was like, okay, there's a couple things wrong with this. A, it's an accessories package for Motorola. I've shipped you an Ericsson phone. It's not going to work. Mm. B, I can't give it to you for free. <laughs> like, I can't just give you free shit. These calls are monitored. I can't do that. I didn't, obviously I wasn't cursing at her or anything, but I was just like calmly trying to explain like, look, I've sent you an Ericsson phone. Remember? We made that deal. I've sent you, I've shipped you the Ericsson phone. That's done. Your Motorola accessories aren't going to work. She said, well, I can use them for my old phone. And I said, you told me your old phone doesn't work. Mm. And she was like, no, 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 my old phone still works. It's just not working the way I want it to. And I was just like, you're, you're changing your story and I've already sent you a new phone. <laughs> so at this point, she gets pissed. Because I'm like, look, I've sent you your new phone. And it's your new phone is going to come with a new SIM card with your new information on it. Your old phone doesn't not going to work anymore. Like your your information has been moved over to your new SIM, which will be included with your new phone, but for the purposes of your old phone, it doesn't work anymore. And she was very quiet, and I heard her, like, beeping. She was going on her old phone, Mm. which clearly still fucking worked. (laughs) So she was going on it, and she's like, I can't make a call from my old phone. I was like, I know. (laughs) I sent you a new one. We've been over this. (laughs) And she was like, I am so, I know, I am so angry. I am so, I was like, we verbally agreed to what I was doing when I sent you this phone. She's like, you're going to have to uh, send me this Motorola accessory package for free. I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> what are you, what are you, are you, are you high? Did you, did you get stoned before you made this phone call? Because that's the only way that I could figure this out. Eventually, she got so pissed. She's like, um, "I'm gonna." She's like, "I'm gonna hang up and I'm gonna call your head office." And I was like, "Okay, no problem." So, I think I hear her hang up, and I don't hear anything else. But my receiver hasn't clicked off, so I'm like, oh, "Okay, that's just a little whatever." So I end the call because <laughs> mm. I thought I heard her hang up. I go another five, six minutes without a call. Next call comes in. I do my intro. Justin, it's Veronica Kerr again. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm so upset. And then she's like, you hung up on me. <laughs> I was like, no, I thought I heard you hang up. I heard a sound that sounded like you hanging up. She's like, no, you're just an asshole. And you hang, you hung up on me. So she hung up on me. That was the last I ever heard from her, verbally. Two weeks later, I get a letter from head office. In regards to Veronica fucking Kerr, which never, ever happened. We never got letters. But they actually took the time to send me a letter. Wow. And they were like, and I read it at my desk, and they were like, we understand that you had a uh, bit of a run-in with this Veronica Kerr person, and we went over and we listened to the call. She gave verbal consent and everything like that. You're not in trouble at all. The long and short of it was Veronica Kerr's account. <laughs> that was the long and short of, of the letter that I got. But that was, and like I said, I had only been there for maybe two weeks. 
I was scared as hell. Mm. <laughs> like, she scared the piss out of me. That's probably the one of the worst calls I've ever had, and, and one of the most immediately infuriating ones that I've ever had. What about you, sir? Hit us uh, with a call center story. Call center story. Let's see. Um, well, this is probably from OLS, which is not um, not not the same local. call center. No. That's fine. Down We're Liverpool. We'll bitch about random call centers. No worries. Yeah. First, it's a shit job, no matter where you work. Doing Rogers Wireless, which was basically what you were doing. Please Actually, fucking tell me it wasn't Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Veronica. Okay. That's Actually, good. I, I wasn't in the wireless side. I was okay. in uh, uh, cable, internet, and television. Right, right. Doing all three of those, you know, friggin' American calls. Which I, I don't want to say negative things, but um, if. I could either take Canadian calls or American calls. No offense to you guys, but uh, Canadian calls all the way. Yeah, no doubt. Anyways, sitting at my desk. All so good. All so lovely. Loving life. Mouse in the right hand, dick in the left. (laughs) Yeah. Continue. Basically. Um, Get the beat. Call comes in. Ah. Where was I going with this story? I don't know. You got the beep and the call came in. Yeah. So I can't remember names. Okay. Because no it's a little bit back. Uh, basically, all in all, I'm not as detailed as you are about my stories. Well, I just, I just, this is that one, the Veronica Kerr, which is fucking burned into my memory. But yeah, no yeah. fire away. All in all, this was a um, a billing issue. On the bill. Okay. Couldn't figure out where charges came from. Okay. Very common problem. Very common. And if you... You know billing with with Rogers. Yes. If you ever look at it, it's confusing as shit. A little bit. A little bit. Like, Rogers, clean that shit up because that's... It's fucking horrendous. Yeah. We used to see sample bills all the time and it was just like... How the fuck do you figure this out? I know. I'm glad I'm in university. That's the only way I figure this shit out. So, you know, I tried to explain this to him. It's a him, by the way. It's a him, okay. Okay. Explained it to him once. Well, I'll get that. Okay. Took out my handy-dandy calculator. Went through all the charges with them. Because these were charges that were uh, there were pro, prorated charges. Okay, yes, so yes. So there were a little bit of something-something. Yeah. Uh, there that he didn't understand what those are okay. he goes well can you help me with this can can you give me anything off the price and go well, no you agreed to this when you know you set up set up your service or you know put on these extra uh, things on your bill and people never like to admit that they've that they've agreed to something? <laughs> yeah, they, they never like to. They hate when you tell them that, well, you agreed to this. And they're like, Rrr. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, long story short, the call was about an hour. Oh, God. Give or take. Yeah, it was kind of like me um, not, well, not fighting with them because, of no. course, I needed the job. But um, 
this was closer to the time that I knew I had a job at uh, at DNH. Right. So I kind of cared a little bit less of what people thought of me at right. Rogers. Fair enough. So, um, yeah, he wanted to speak to a manager. Ah, soup calls, supervisor soup calls. Call. You gotta love them. And he got put on hold and hung up on. Ooh, <laughs> Nick's fucking cold to the old man that couldn't figure out why the charges were legitimate. <laughs> yeah, he, he, um, that was the first time that I really got really upset on the phone. Well, and I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that like, this is one of the main reasons why working at a call center sucks. Mm. So terribly, because it's not, there. there's a commonly held misconception that people that work at call centers don't care about helping you. Yeah. And that's bullshit. The people that work at call centers do care about helping you. You just need to be legitimate in what you're asking for. Yeah. <laughs> you we know care I mean? about helping you, but you, you have to want to be helped. Yeah, you want to, you have to want to be helped within the reasons that we're allowed to. And I agree that the people on the front line should be given more ability to do things. Yeah. But companies aren't comfortable with that. They just don't. They don't want to do it. It sucks, but unfortunately, it's the way things are. Uh, I'm going to assume that was the holy man. Um, or is that something different? Uh, no, that was something different. Oh, that was something <laughs> right? Totally different. I just pulled that uh, uh, out because uh, no M- Misty Graves is just the name. Uh, okay. Who yes, who yes. names their kid Misty Graves? Who the fuck <laughs> names their kid Misty Graves? You think about that, that's one of these things that you would hear, like, in a Twilight book. Like, we were walking through the misty graves, and I realized I'm a completely non-sympathetic, borderline, sexist, misogynist character. Um, talking about Bella Swan, of course. Um, she is not exactly a good female role model. Anyways, um, yeah, alright, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I got I got to hit him with the AOL laptop story. Yeah. It's, it, it's it's so it's so fucked up. Uh, this is the second time I was working there. I was working at, and I'm a little less detailed on this one. Uh, I was working at AOL, mm-hmm. which we nicknamed AO Hell because again, it was fucking American callers. Uh, you know, you wanted to be a little more politically correct. I'm not going to Americans when you call customer service, <laughs> you're fucking dicks. Especially when you find out that the person that's doing customer service for you is not American. A little bit. Even if you are white Western European, you just happen to live in Canada. Oh, Canada, this must be your two hours of electricity, eh? (laughs) You guys, you fuckers are asses. (laughs) You really are on the phone. But anyways, this was not one of those cases. This was a sweet... I don't want to say old lady. She's probably mid forties. Mm-hmm. Called in and said, uh, "You know, I've been speaking with representatives from AOL for a little while about my internet, and it's not working. And um, and I haven't been able to to do it. I was just on the phone with a a, a gentleman in um, uh, I can't Minnesota, I think, uh, and he couldn't help me. Um, but what he suggested, I did, and it didn't really, didn't exactly work. Can we continue on from where he left off?" I said, yes, absolutely. I'm thinking, this is a perfectly pleasant call. This Mm. is great. 
So I pulled up her account and everything, was looking in the notes, no notes. So the last guy that was on the call with her didn't leave any notes. Uh, of course. So I said, okay, no problem. He must have just forgotten, whatever. So I, I, was, I told her, I was like, there's no notes on your account. Can you describe to me what the last representative told you to do? And I can kind of go from there. She said, okay, well, first we tried doing this power cycle thing. And I was like, yeah, power cycling, absolutely, that didn't work. She said, no, no, not, not really. Uh, and she said, we tried a couple of other things, and she sort of vaguely described them. She's like, the last thing he told me to try was he told me to unplug my laptop. He didn't want me to turn it off. He just wanted me to close it. So I did. And he said, and he said to get a dishwashing basin and fill it with mineral water. (laughs) So I did. And he told me to submerge my laptop in it. Because he said that the laptop was dirty inside. And that soaking it in the mineral water would help. And he told me to leave it outside for about three or four hours. And then see if that helped. (laughs) And then if it didn't, to call you back. I'm sitting at my desk with my hands in my hair and my elbows on my desk. Not looking at anything. I'm not looking at my computer screen. I'm staring into nothingness. Mm. I think a couple of my coworkers thought I had a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just listening to this story. And it's just... I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to this woman. And she's like, I did that. And I opened my laptop. But now my laptop won't turn on. So what can we do from here? How do we fix that? Mm. And I was dead silent. To the point that she thought I hung up on her. She was like, hello? I'm like, oh no, ma'am, I'm, I'm still here. I just... I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> and she was just... The most innocent she could possibly be, she was just like, tell me what? <laughs> just like, I don't want to tell. I don't want to tell this poor woman... What this guy, who clearly it must have been his last day or something, what this guy has done to her laptop. I, I can't figure out how I'm going to tell this woman. So eventually I was just like, I just, I told her and she was definitely upset. I ended up getting somebody senior support and I was like, look, I have no idea who this rep was, but this is what he told this woman to do. And her laptop is fucked. Like there's, there's no salvaging that shit from being in a basin of mineral water for like four hours. There's no salvaging. Uh, Eventually what AOL ended up doing, and this was to AOL's credit, they did end up buying the, uh, funding the woman to buy a new laptop. So, I mean, they did that. I think they even paid to try to get like some data recovery. I don't know what they ended up doing, but I found that out like a couple of weeks later. But... I I can understand where some people don't like call center reps because some call center reps are fucking dicks yeah. <laughs> and do stuff like that. Uh, but so that was that was one of the scarier calls that I ended up having, uh, just because I I honestly did not know what to say to the woman. It was so it was fucking scary. Scary, scary, Ooh. scary shit. We go to a weird call. Though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. This, Davison Henderson. This is a DNH. Oh, yes. Davison Rezo Watts. Davison Rezo Watts. Yes. Uh, got a call from a guy. You know, 
um, kind of sounds like he's uh, from not you know not states not Canada you know kind of got an accent somewhere else somewhere else all right okay. somewhere else out there yes um kind of sounds like an okay guy to talk to okay whatnot you know coming with my opening um he has to speak to a a supervisor right away right away he and those has, are he has a calls. name he has the name of the supervisor. Oh, jeez, oh, yes. that's He's even talking worse. talking to them before. Fuck. Yeah, and it's not working today. Oh, that only makes sense. Yeah. So, he breaks out in a whole bunch of, like, Bible reading and, like, telling me that God loves us all and crap like that. Really? Yeah. And and uh, he talks about his life and blah, 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 and a whole bunch of, like, holy stuff. and Fire and brimstone yeah. and salvation. And... Every, like, 20 minutes in the call, you'd be like, I want to talk to... You know, so and so I won't say. I'm sorry. Did you just say answers. every 20 minutes? Yes, because this My call fuck. lasted about a an hour and an hour and 20 minutes. Oh shit, son! I I basically I've I got up, started to walk around the floor. <laughs> and I didn't take my headset off, but no. I could, I could roam, but I just put on a, him on mute when talked to like. People around me, and well, yeah, when, why not? He, when he stopped for a second, I took him off mute. Mm -hmm, yep, and just let him <laughs> ramble just on. Let him go? Yeah, and oh, just like shit. every twenty minutes, he would be like, "I I want to talk to the manager, you know, supervisor." He had the name, mm -hmm. same name, because he's up there still. Right, fair enough. Um, and go, you know, he's he's not. And he would just go back on his tangent about holiness. Like, well, hopefully he'll come in by the end of this story about Jebediah and the goat. Like, shit. Yeah, I've never, I've never had any religious kooks. No, I'm very happy to say I've never had any religious kooks. I've had a couple people say God bless you, and I was like, that's fine. Like, if I really help them, it's like, yeah. oh, God bless you, and I was like, great. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm agnostic theist, so I mean, I don't mind when somebody, I don't, I don't persecute anybody for their religious beliefs, but if they're very pushy about them, then yes. Yeah. But here's a weird thing. All right. Didn't like me saying, um, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, but Catholics are all about repentance. I know, <laughs> but he says, uh, you only say I'm sorry when I, if I've hurt you. Have I hurt you? And I said, no. Well, you say, thank <laughs> like you. my ears, yes. <laughs> you say, thank you, instead of, um, I'm sorry. Because I would say, no, I'm sorry, he's not in today. So he wanted you to say, no, thank you, he's not in today? Yeah. That don't make no fucking sense. I know. <laughs> I know. Can someone in the comments, like either on Podomatic or on YouTube or wherever, can somebody tell me, try to explain to me how that makes sense? Like, logistically, semantically, <laughs> if there's any argument that you can find that that makes sense, other than it's what God wants, <laughs> there's got to be some argument in there where that makes sense. But, yeah, I was a weird one, son. Yeah, I know. Uh, that was strange. 
Um, but if I had to ask you uh, one question, mm-hmm. what's the best part about working at a call center? Best part? What's the best? What's the best day working at a call center? Best day. What do you mean? Best call or best? No, day? best like. Just and, and not even not specifically to you. Just to to anyone that works in a call center. What is the best day ever? When the phone goes down. <laughs> that that I would actually that I would put at a close second. When the phones go down is super fun because you're just stand all standing around shooting the shit and that's great. But no, the absolute the fucking the best day the day that's like feels like the first blowjob you ever got. Like just just the day that feels phenomenal. Uh, quitting day? The fucking quitting day. Yes. Your last day. Your last day at the call center is, like, better than the best sex you ever had. <laughs> it's it's great. Um, and the, the story that I have, the last story I want to share from the call center, was from the, the third time that I left. Which, actually, I suppose technically was the first time I ever actually quit. Um, and it's funny because you have central involvement in this story. Nice. Nick and I were driving around one day, just just farting around, not really doing anything. And all of a sudden, we start going out of town. And I was just like, where the fuck are we going? We headed back to uh, Richard's, who Richard we mentioned on the last podcast, I think... Breaking his thumb by, or breaking his arm by shoving his thumb up his ass and sitting down. <laughs> I, think, I think we mentioned that. It's the same Richard. Um, didn't actually do no, it. Did, no, he didn't room. actually do that. That's just what we like to say. Um, so, and we were going back to Richard's and I was like, okay, well, what are we going back to Richard's for? And you didn't tell me shit <laughs> until we actually got there. We got to Richard's and it's like, oh, by the way, it's his brother's birthday and we're all going to Boston Pizza. I was like, you could have fucking told me this. So anyways, we fucking go to Boston Pizza for Richard's... I can't remember if it was Dennis or Phillips. I think it was, Dennis. Was it Dennis's? Yeah. Okay. So it was Dennis's birthday. And uh, so we all went to Boston Pizza. Uh, we watched Richard's dad get fucking rip-roaring drunk on uh, fish bowls, which was great. Because they were cheap, so why not? Oh, yeah. Um... I remember I having a couple of drinks or whatever and was sort of talking with Richard because I think Richard was working, I, I think he was working at the call center at that time or had been. And we were talking and we were talking about, oh, and I might even been with, talking to you about it too. I was like, oh man, working at the fucking call center sucks and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I fucking wish I could quit. And towards the end of the night, I was like, why don't I? Why don't I just quit? <laughs> I had no intention of quitting. Prior to us going to Boston Pizza. Uh, no intention of quitting the job at that point whatsoever. Uh, so I remember Saturday morning, I walk in. I do like maybe two or three hours of my shift waiting for my team lead to show up. Mm-hmm. My team lead hadn't shown up yet, whatever. I also remember this because we got cookies. I was working President's Choice MasterCard. And for some reason, that day, we just all got a box of cookies in a bag. Nice. And I was like, all right, fucking A, right on. The cookies are good. Yeah, the cookies. And it was the decadent chocolate chip cookies. Oh, oh God. Oh. Fat kid's dream. <laughs> it was great. Um, 
And so I'm just I'm just sitting at my desk, you know, winding away. It was actually a not busy Saturday, which was really weird. Yeah. Because Saturday is usually killer. Oh, there. man. Um, but it was like, I mean, I call like every 20 minutes or something. Like it wasn't, we were getting quite a bit of downtime. So I was like, all right, whatever. I put myself on code and I was just sort of sitting there for a little while. And then I was like, I think I'll go up to the middle island and just let them know that this is going to be my last day. Decision I had not made 24 hours prior. Less, it was less than over a fucking fishbowl at Boston Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I walked up to, I remember it was um, uh, David, David Paolo. Uh, it was a great guy, really good, really good worker and a really good team lead. And uh, he wasn't my team lead. But I went up to him and I was like, uh, David, I think today's going to be my last day. And he looked at me and he was like, you're kidding. He's like, okay. I was like, Who, who's, your, who's your team lead? I can't even remember who my team lead was at this point. Uh, and I was like, that's this person. And like, okay, well, she doesn't come in until after your shift is over. And I was like, okay, well, can you set up, like, the the end of employment survey bullshit, whatever, for me to do? Like, I'm off in, like, 20 minutes. And he was like, yeah, I can get all that set up for you. And we got people that are going to take the stuff. He's like, you're sure? I'm like, oh, I'm very sure. <laughs> <laughs> um so I do everything and empty out my locker and everything and I leave. And that first step, when you step outside, the air is a little cleaner. Mm. It smells a little better. The sun shines a little brighter. And there's like naked blonde women everywhere. <laughs> it's just like when you leave that place, it is so fulfilling. It, it is. It's... It's just, it's so good. And you see people fucking walking towards it, just hating life because they're about to go in for another fucking shift. Especially the people that have been there for a long term. It's just terrible. Mm. Um, but it was, it was, and that was the best. That was the best day to ever be working there because I walked out and I knew at that point I was like, I'll never have to walk in that fucking place again. Mm. Turns out I did, but I was only there for a week. So nice. All good. And me, my my Quentin story is almost kind of like that. Although I've uh, I've kind of had the decision that I was going to quit uh, about a month or two, (laughs) yeah, beforehand. But you you planned it. (laughs) I I planned it. I had it all mapped out in my head. You know, there was going to be fireworks and when people weren't looking, I was just going to rub my sack on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, I uh, I kind of did the good thing. You know, I told them that I was going, gave them a time frame, uh, which was basically a week. Yep. Um, Six days more than I gave them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, basically, I told them on a uh, on on a Tuesday, and I was going to be going the following Wednesday. Right. Um, went in for my shifts. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be gone soon. I could do this. I can do this. I can do this. Came in on a Saturday. Yes. Got up on the phones before I got in. 43 in queue. And this is the problem with this place. And I'll only interrupt the story for two seconds to throw this out there. If anyone that works for scheduling at D&H is listening to this podcast, you need to figure out how to get people to come in for Saturday shifts. Yeah. You either need to be scheduling more 
uh, or just you got to figure something out. Uh, maybe like I don't know, one point one five times pay or something. You got to find some way yeah. to get people to get in for their shifts on Saturday because every 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 everybody hmm. calls in sick for their shift on Saturday. Oh, for sure. So the the. 50% of people scheduled that do show up are screwed. They are. Because as soon as they get there, it's like 300 people in queue and you're screwed all day. Anyway, sorry. Right. So, yeah, continue with your story. I'm done venting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, basically, I, I take two calls. Okay. Some good solid work. Two <laughs> of the most worst frigging calls oh, that really? I think oh, I've no. ever taken working there because I'm already pissed off enough coming up and seeing 40 seeing the queue exactly yeah so I take those after the second one put my cell phone to code codes are miraculous things they're yeah. great like they can see when you're on a code but fuck them yeah <laughs> I'm just kind of like yep <laughs> <laughs> Like my my team lead wasn't in, kind of Best like your story. Ever. Yep. <laughs> so I walk over and I'm like, I know I've said that I'm staying until Wednesday, but uh, this this is my last day and I'm leaving now. It's like, well, kind of sorry to see you go. I'm like, yeah, well. It's either me going or me blowing up at somebody on the phone and getting fired anyway. So, I mean, take your pick. Yeah, exactly. It's like, make Davis and Henderson look bad and keep him for until Wednesday yeah. or just part now. Is it like, is it, yeah, is it, is it worth <laughs> the extra four days of what will probably be? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Oh, shit. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Um, well, we're up past an hour, so I think we should probably head towards our capper on the podcast. And the capper on the podcast that we thought we would have is, again, as we mentioned close to the top, uh, sharing a, a pair of drunken stories. And to me, this is going to be hard to top pup girls. It's, it's going to be hard to top puking in the bathroom <laughs> at lower deck and getting kicked out. But then... Fucking babysitting yourself. Like, <laughs> you had that shit on lock, and Chad and I did not need to do anything. Um, but I'm going to sh- just share a quick, very quick story about the first time I got drunk. Uh, believe it or not, I the first time I got drunk, I was 19. I was 19 years old the first time I got drunk. We used to call you sober man. Exactly. I was fucking sober man up to that point. But, uh, you know, first year university, shit happens. <laughs> Um, there was a, uh, a Newfoundlander that lived on our floor by the name of Dion. Dion, huge guy, bigger, bigger than me, taller than me, wider than me. You know, he, Dion was a big dude. Mm. Um, but he was a fucking teddy bear. He was the nicest, he was the nicest guy, uh, until you got him drunk and then he was a little bit, could be a little bit of a prick, but Dion, if you're listening to this, which I know you won't be, I love you. You're a great guy. Um... So, you know, he had this drink that he liked to make up whenever people drank. And he called it a Newfie Stiffy. The Newfie Stiffy consisted primarily of, well, first he made it in a blender. Oh, God. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) He put a shit ton of ice in it, and the base for it was Tia Maria. So he puts in a bunch of ice in a blender and puts in some Tia Maria. He put in fucking... Captain Morgan White, um, 
Lamb's White, fucking Jack. Um, just, it was just a fucking a melange of whatever alcohol he possibly had. Cornucopia of awesomeness. Cornucopia of awesomeness. And he's like, oh yeah, there's fucking Noofy Stiffies. We make these all the time. (laughs) I'm sure you do. Um, So he gave me one and I liked the taste of Tia Maria. I did not realize how fucking drunk I was getting. (laughs) He's like, I'm just, I wasn't used to, I didn't have a base built up for alcohol, any alcohol tolerance. I didn't drink. Mm. So I had one and I was like, oh man, that fucking tasted good. Can I have another, can I have another stiffy? He's like, you can have two more. So he, <laughs> so he made me two. So I drank the second one and I sort of drank the third one in the span of about maybe 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I get up to go back to my room when the party was, it was, the party was in Dion's room. Mm. So, you know, we were sort of done drinking and we knew the RA was coming around to do rounds. So like, all right, maybe we should be fucking done. I stood up and I was just, that was the soundtrack in my head. <laughs> I, I did not know where I was. I do not know how I got down the hallway to my room. I was that fucking loaded off of these three drinks of just everything that he had. And I, the only thing I remember is bracing against, cause my wingspan is enough that I could brace against the wall. Yeah. So I'm bracing against the wall and walking myself down the wall that way. It was so bad. If I would not have had my hands there, I was I was hitting the floor and crawling. I, it, was, it was that fucking bad. And that was the very first time I ever got drunk. I actually kind of can't believe that I ever did it again. Because I was like, I was fucking, I was out of it. Nice. Completely. It's a good story. Yeah, it's not bad. And Somehow I get the feeling it's going to be topped. <laughs> oh, well, um... Is uh, I guess a story about the first time of ever passing out. Okay. On uh, Jack. On Jack. Okay. Which is the worst thing. This is a to specific drink. pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, that uh, is the worst thing that you can drink. Yeah. Mainly because it brings out the fighter in most people. <laughs> which which is another story, short but quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. This is in the city of Halifax. Right. Walking down Barrington Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Dooley's was used to be there. Yes. Went in, shot some pool, had some Jack and Coke. Always. A uh, little bit too much. A bit too much. Wounded up uh, having a quick fist fight with a lamppost. Oh my god. <laughs> was I there? I don't I think. I seem to re- fucking remember this. I remember you punching a lamppost at one point in one of our escapades. It might have been. Oh, fuck. It might have been. I actually, I actually think I remember this. Because I definitely remember you getting pissed and fucking punching a lamppost for no reason. I, I don't know what the circumstances were <laughs> that the lamppost pissed me off so much. Um... But yeah, it had it coming. Uh, it, it had it coming. It definitely had it coming. But anyway, oh, back great. back to the, the yeah. uh, mission at hand. Uh, this story it revolves around um, New Year's. Okay, one New Year's. I forget which one it is. Uh, probably two thousand and three because it was the last one that um, we were in high school for. Uh, we were in high school for. Uh-huh. Uh Basically, what. We were going to do, um, well, 
first of all, I bought myself a nice size thing of Jack. Right, because and, you were actually 19. Yeah. I've been sipping on it, you know, off and on all day. Um, and then we went out and we did fireworks at the beach. Ah. Which was nice. We had a um, a whole combination set up, you know, put the fireworks and with the uh, with the boards and shit like that. They'll yep. sit with uh, gas and then shoot Roman candles at it. Of course. Which I still have the video of and I'm ah. going to put it up sometime in my old videos. On your YouTube. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. And, um, okay, that was good. It, uh, it went off fine. Got back to uh, to Becky's house because that's where the party was. Okay. Um, started drinking more. Started drinking more, 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 more. Less. <laughs> Drink more, <laughs> more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, wound it up almost puking. Of course. So they sent me back to Richards. <laughs> yeah, wound it up. Puke in there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> in the bathroom. Uh, missed the toilet. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So that was bad. And uh, pretty much blacked out. But that's where we peed. <laughs> oh, and, God. Uh, yeah. I... Pretty much, I uh, got them to bring me back to the house down here, and um, I cleaned myself up, <laughs> blacked out again, and then went to bed. Oh, I'm sure Papa was so impressed. <laughs> hey, they they were gone to. Uh, oh, they were. Gone. Yeah, At least they were gone. They were gone to Halifax. Ah, okay. Because of New Year's. Right, fair so enough. I knew that if I went back to the house, I had it to all to myself. So, ah, great. you know, get there, recoup, get a little bit of fuck back in my mind. Yeah, you know, <laughs> kind of because uh, you can't survive without mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh shit! That's but good. anyways, that's that's my uh, that's my topping story for you. There you go. That's that that that's that's not bad. That rivals that rivals the uh, the lower deck story for sure. Um, I seem to I seem to remember this too. Was I fucking there? No, I was there for your birth. Because there's there have been a couple of things that have happened at Richards, which we'll we'll save for another no, time. You, you weren't but, there. No, okay. I don't, no, I must, I must. Not not for that New Year's. Hmm. I I kind of now that you're talking like about you being uh, passed out in the bathroom seems familiar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, just I I can't help what you're thinking. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, it's those those uh. Thoughts that get you in trouble. It's, they're just there. Uh, all right. We are at uh, an hour 10, which I think is a gr uh, great place for us to stop. We ran a little bit longer than we wanted to, but you know what? It's been fucking four months. So yes. <laughs> we had a lot of shit we wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, you know what we didn't do on this episode of the podcast? Though? We didn't make fun of Derek in any way, shape, or form. We didn't mention him up until this point. <laughs> that, that, is, uh, that is our uh, gift to Derek based on the way that we the way that the last podcast went uh, just not mentioning up until this point and saying hi 
Hi, Derek. Hi. You're you're you're, you're a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you have listened to this and haven't killed us, it, it, it really <laughs> goes to show the the caliber of human being that you are. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think this is a good place for us to end. Okay. And uh, again, thank everybody, of course, for listening. Yes. This was episode two of our uh, quarter yearly podcast, which we hope to uh, do a little more frequently in the future. Hopefully a lot more frequently in the future. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be, uh, I believe, again, hosting this on Podomatic and uh, hosting it on uh, at least Nick's YouTube page, if not mine as well. And uh, yeah, I think we outie this bitch. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Later. We going home. Oh, yeah.